0: I want you to open your Bible with me in the Old Testament to the book of Proverbs. Now Proverbs is full of sentence sermons, and there are a lot of them. Let me show you one of those sentence sermons in Proverbs chapter number 17. Here's the first time we find the little expression. I want you to mark it in your Bible, then I'll take you to the other place in the Bible where you find the other three occasions. In Proverbs 17 and verse 27, the Bible says, He that hath knowledge spareth... His words. Stop, lift your head, and look at me. It means when you know a lot of good things, you don't have to talk all the time. People who always have to be saying something usually are not speaking out of knowledge, they're speaking out of ignorance. Wise people know there's a time to close your mouth. Look at the verse again. He that hath knowledge spareth his words, and God connects you to the second part of the verse. A man of understanding is of, and here's the phrase, an excellent spirit. I want you to take your pen out, would you please? And I want you to mark... The last three words of verse number 27. Read them with me. Ready? Here we go. An excellent spirit. No, no. I want you to read it with lots of enthusiasm. Ready? Here we go. An excellent spirit. Tell the person on one side of you what the three words are. Ready? An excellent spirit. Tell the person on the other side. What are the three words? An excellent spirit. Look back at me. What am I preaching on this morning? An excellent spirit. Now look at me just for a second. This is an amazing verse, because this verse, two parts of it, look at the two parts of it, tells you what an excellent spirit does and where it comes from. Here's what it does. It controls your words. The one thing that controls your words is the inside of you where nobody sees. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You know the first thing to tell on you? Your words. Hey, Peter, your speech betrays you. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in... And then he starts a great list. And the first thing on the list is in word. Because when you open your mouth, your mouth tells on your heart. Look at the last part of the verse. An excellent spirit only controls your words, it tells you that it comes from wisdom. Where does it come from? It comes from knowing God. It comes from being right with God. An excellent spirit is not something that you, like, psych yourself up every morning, stand in front of the mirror and say, all right, now, I'm going to have a good spirit today. No, you're not. Not on your own strength and power you're not, because you're just a sinner. On our own, our, our own bent, our own nature is to have a bad spirit. And frankly, there's a whole lot of bad spirit in our world today. Is not in the spirit of Jesus Christ. Oh, but listen to me. Young people who know Jesus and love Jesus and are following Jesus ought to be marked by a spirit that is so totally different from this world that when people get around you, it's attractive. It's, it's different. They, they can't quite explain it. They can't quite put their finger on it. All they know is that guy has an excellent spirit. The word excellent here is an interesting word. The Hebrew is used this word for something that's cool like in the face of the fires, in the face of the heat getting turned up. In other words, an excellent spirit is he's a cool spirit. He's, he's a cool guy living in a hot zone. He, he's living with a fire all around him, but he's got a cool spirit. He's, he's not worked up all the time. He doesn't live like everybody else. He has an excellent spirit. Here's what's fascinating. Remember I said to you that it's found four times in the Bible? The first time is here in the book of Proverbs, but the other three times are all in the same book of the Bible, almost on the same page of the Bible, and they all are connected to one young man in the Bible. It's almost like God chose one fella in the Bible to say, let me illustrate the principle and show you what it looks like. Turn over in your Old Testament to the book of Daniel with me very quickly. When you come to the book of Daniel, you have an amazing story of a guy who lived in a wicked part of the world at a very difficult time in history, and yet he had an excellent spirit. I didn't say it. He didn't say it about himself. Hold on. God is not even the first person who said it. The first person that said it was an unbeliever that did not even know who the true living God was. That's powerful. If I want to know what kind of Christian you are, sorry, I'm not going to ask your youth director. I'm going to ask the people that work on a part-time job with you. I'm going to ask the guys who, who share a locker room with you. I'm going to ask the fellows that you're on the ball court with. I'm going to ask the girls that sit next to you in a classroom somewhere or you hang out with on a Friday night. Because I guarantee you, they may not know God, but they know when somebody knows God. They may not know everything you know about the Bible, but, but they know when something is excellent and when something is not. So let's let a lost man speak just a second. Look at Daniel chapter 5. His name is Belshazzar. He's pretty troubled and worked up. Remember? A cool spirit in a hot zone. Belshazzar is facing the heat of God's judgment and things are pretty difficult They need somebody. Who do they need? His queen comes in in verse number 10. O king, live forever. Let not thy thoughts trouble thee, nor let thy countenance be changed. And look at verse number 11. There is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. Remember I said to you, they, they don't know the true and living God. They don't know all about Jesus. They just know there is a God. There is something higher than us. And we think we've met a fellow who might know who those holy gods are. And in the days of thy father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him. And the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, the king, I say thy father, made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers, look at verse 12, for as much as... What's the next three words, please? I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. What are they? Mark it in verse number 12. An excellent spirit. And knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel whom the king named Belshazzar. Now let Daniel be called and he will show the interpretation. So he sends for Daniel, he brings him in, and look what he says to him in verse 14. I have even heard of thee that the spirit of the gods is in thee. And that light and understanding, and notice here's the word, excellent wisdom. You see in verse 12, an excellent spirit. And in verse 14, the spirit of the gods, excellent wisdom is found in thee. Then come across the page to chapter six. Here's a different king, different time period in Daniel's life. I love this. Excellent spirits aren't just limited to working with some people. It affects how you treat everybody. And it doesn't just work for, excuse me, it doesn't just work for youth conference. It affects every part of your life. Look at Daniel 6 And verse number three, then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because, what's the next three words please, an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Remember I said to you in Proverbs, the word excellent means cool. Under fire, it's it's still under control. I like that. The word excellent that is used in the book of Daniel is similar, but it's just a little bit different. In fact, this might interest some of you. I don't know if you like language type things or not. Uh, Most of the Old Testament is written in the Hebrew language, like I said a moment ago. But there's a little section in Daniel that is actually written in Aramaic. That's pretty interesting because of the era in which it was recorded in the part of the world where it was written. From Daniel, about Daniel chapter 2 to Daniel chapter 7 is written in Aramaic. So the word here for an excellent spirit is a very unique kind of word. In fact, I'd like you to write it down. Somewhere on your paper, I want you to write down the word excellent, and next to it, put a little equal sign, and I want you to write this word preeminent or dominant. In other words, it's like the main thing. It's the thing that stands out above everything else. It is dominant. It is preeminent. If you said to me, what made Daniel different? I would say this to you. He had an excellent spirit. Once you've written that down, I want you to look me dead in the eye, and I want to tell you something, and I want you to listen to me very carefully. The thing that makes you different is not your body. It's your spirit. People do all kinds of things to their bodies. You know why? They put all kinds of things on their bodies. Do you know why? Because they're trying to be unique, to be special, to be different, to stand out, or to blend in either way. In other words, the idea is I'm going to start on the outside. God says the greatest thing about you is not what's on you, it's what's in you. It's it's not your body, it is your spirit. Isn't that interesting? That the, the number one identifier of people is the most invisible part of them. Not the way you look. The most unique thing about you is not how much you know, how much is in your brain. Daniel was one smart dude. I mean, he's the premier of the nation. You saw the list a minute ago. He's got knowledge and dreams and all these things. But the number one thing on the list was his excellent spirit. Why? It was the thing that stood out above everything else. Let me ask you a personal question. The people that know you best, what would they say is different about you? Because I'm sorry, but if it's just what you put on your body, I want you to know that's pretty shallow. It better go deeper than that. If it's just how much Bible you know, how long you've been in church, how many of these meetings you've listened to, and any messages like mine you've endured, if that's it, I want you to know you missed it. No, when God does a work in a young person's life, he goes way down deep. Because the deepest part of you is not your body, not even your soul. The deepest part of you is your spirit. It's your inner man. And by the way, what is on the inside eventually always comes out. Oh, yeah, it shows up. You might not think it. Some of you, your spirit's showing on your countenance right now. I love the straight preaching you've heard this week. I called the end of the message a moment ago powerful. Stirred my own heart. But listen to me, please. It is possible to check all the right boxes publicly, but still not have an excellent spirit. Uh, It is possible to walk the line. Everybody says, now that's a good Christian. Let's let God say whether you're a good Christian or not, because God knows you better than you know you. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. By the way, this idea of excellent, we use the word today like That's an excellent car. In other words, that car is better than that car. That's an excellent ball player. That ball player is better than that ball player. Here's what's really interesting about the word the word is not a word of comparison between us, it's about what stands out in your life. Watch this. It's not enough that you excel somebody else in the youth group because they're not the standard, Jesus is the standard. It is not enough that you're a little better than you used to be or a little different from what somebody else is. No, no. The thing is this, is the dominant thing in your life, the fact that the Spirit of God so controls you that you have an excellent spirit. So they look at Daniel. I don't know what he looked like. Scripture doesn't even tell us what he looked like. You know why? Because that's never God's emphasis. God's emphasis is not on what you do or what you look like. It's on who you are. It is not on the temporal. It's on the eternal. It's not on the earthly side. It's on the heavenly side. It's not the physical. It's the spiritual. Look, please, an excellent spirit is not your manward life. It is your Godward life, and it just shows up with your relationships with people. I want all the young men to listen to me right now. The strongest part of your life, I'm sorry, is not your physical strength. I don't care how much you bench. I don't care how high you jump or how fast you run, how good a ball player you are. The strongest strength is always the strength of spirit because that is the strength that age cannot rob you of. G. Campbell Morgan said, The greatest strength is not the strength of the battlefield. It is the strength to say no. And some of you who are fighters have not learned to fight your own lust. Some of you who look like the man on campus have not learned yet that the greatest strength you have is the strength of your spirit. Ladies, the greatest beauty It's not beauty that you put on, beauty that you convey to others. No, no. The greatest, most attractive beauty is the beauty of spirit. It is the beauty that the world cannot give you and time cannot take it away. It is an excellent spirit. So very quickly, while your Bible's open to Daniel, let me show you some dimensions of this excellent spirit. Remember I said it was dominant, it was preeminent, it was big, it was the greatest part of his life? Well, let me show you the dimensions. Everybody look at verse 12, first of all. Here's the length of an excellent spirit. Notice how far it reaches. Verse 12, chapter 5, For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams, showing a hard sentences, dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel whom the king named Belshazzar. Now let Daniel be called and he will show the interpretation. Let me show you how far the excellent spirit reaches, the length of the excellent spirit. It is the first thing that people recognize about you. They used to say to me years ago, there are certain things people observe about people first. One thing is your shoes. How many of you notice people's shoes when you meet them? I don't know why that is, but we have this tendency. We, we look down, we observe people's shoes. You may observe someone's hands. Do they, do they bite their fingernails? Are the hands filthy dirty? There are certain things that people observe instantly. But may I say to you, the first thing that people really observe and they size up about you, whether they realize they're doing it or not, is your spirit. And I love the order. Look at the verse. There's a long list here of things about Daniel's life, but it is the first thing on the list. And I love this. It impacts even pagan people. Even people that did not know God knew there was something like God in this man. When Jesus came to earth, what made him different? Now, he's the God-man. He's the unique son of God. What made him different to the common man? and people heard him gladly. They said, never a man spake like this man. They said, we never saw it on this fashion way. They said, we never met anybody like this before. Would you like to know what it was? John chapter 1 verse number 14 says, when Jesus came, he came full of grace and truth. Look please, he had the truth, he was the truth, but he brought it with grace. It was his spirit that set him apart. It was the Spirit of God in fullness on his life that made him so different. And I want you to listen to me right now, young people. You can go home and say, I love Jesus, but your spirit will speak more about it than your words do. I'd recommend you go home and let people know the decisions you've made at youth conference this week. But I want you to know that your spirit will reach farther and stay longer than your words do. Come to the second occasion. Look at verse 14. I've heard of thee. I wonder about the people who've heard of us. What do they know about us? I've heard of thee. That the spirit of the gods, and then he connects it at the end of verse 14, to excellent wisdom, this spirit of excellent wisdom. Is found in thee. Would you write this down? Verse 12 showed us the length of the excellent spirit, but verse 14 shows us the height and the depth of it. Look at the verse. Verse number 14, here's the height of it, the spirit of the gods. In other words, it's so different, it lifts your thoughts to the divine, above this ugly world and beyond present circumstances. I'm going to tell you, we live in an angry world. No, let me just talk to you a second. We live in a mean world. There's a lot of meanness in church youth groups. And I want you to know if you're going to be like Jesus and you're going to have an excellent spirit, that's got to go. It's ugly. It's mean. It's unkind. It's angry. You know who the author of all that is? Satan. Comes straight out of the pits of hell. It's not of God. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Hey, you get that Spirit in you, you'll have a different Spirit. It lifts you above this world. You think different, you feel different, you treat people different, you speak differently. This is the height of the excellent Spirit. Look, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. But notice at the end of verse 14, here's the depth of the excellent spirit. The Bible says it is connected to light and understanding and excellent wisdom. Oh, I love this. The height lifts you to heaven. Look, does your spirit make anybody think of God? But the depth, look at it, is rooted in wisdom. You don't get the product without the process. Everybody look up here. See this book? This is not just something I'm preaching from today. No, no. This is God's wisdom. We started in Proverbs. You know what Proverbs is? God's wisdom book. But it's all God's wisdom book. You will never have the spirit you ought to have until the word of God is in you every day. The Word of God's like water. It cleans your system out. It, it flushes all the junk out. It makes you think different and feel different and be different. Look, you get the Word in you, you get the Spirit in you. I was thinking earlier today about that passage in James where the Bible talks about the wisdom that is from Above, and, and I connected it to this verse. Look, here's the height and the depth. It is, it's from above, but it comes down here where we live when we let God's wisdom work in us. It's first pure and peaceful, easy to be entreated. All those good fruits, there's no partiality. You want to get rid of prejudice? I'm going to tell you how to get rid of prejudice. You ready? There's nothing more equal than the Word of God. You get God's wisdom in people. They start treating one another like God wants. You know why that is? Because that's just God's wisdom. So number one, in verse 12, you got the length of it. In verse 14, you got the height and the depth of it. Now let me show you one more. Come across again to chapter 6 and verse 3. Here's the breadth of it. Let me show you the door. It swings open wide. Here's the breadth of an excellent spirit. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. <laughs> I mean, this is a Christian guy. This is a, this is a believer. And a pagan king says, you know what, Daniel? I think I'm just going to give you the keys to the kingdom and make you in charge of everything. Is that all right with you? Everybody says, I'd like that preacher. I'd like to be the boss. Let me tell you, first of all, being the boss is not all it's cracked up to be. But number two, you don't get there by just aspiring to it and being ambitious and making it happen and making a place for yourself. No, no. Let me tell you where favor comes from. You ready for this? All favor comes from God. And here's the order. you got to have favor with God. And when you have favor with God, God will give you favor with people. We read in Scripture of Jesus that when he grew, he increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Here's the breadth of an excellent spirit. Are you ready? If you will learn to walk with Jesus and live in the Word and let the Holy Spirit control your life every day and control your tongue and the way you treat people and the way you respond and the way you react, if you'll let an excellent spirit be in you, it will affect all of your life. And by the way, it will affect it for all time. 30 years from this moment, you will be the person you are becoming right now. You know why there's so many bitter sour old people in the world? Cuz when they were young, they never learned to have an excellent spirit. So go ahead. Get mean and angry like the rest of them. Become cynical and critical and sour and hate life like Solomon did at the end. But I'm going to tell you, God has made another way. God has made a way that in difficult days, in an angry world, in a godless generation, in a troubled nation, you, young man, you, young lady, can have an excellent spirit. And God knows we need some youth groups with an excellent spirit again. It's not just about the do's and the don'ts. It's about the be. Be what you ought to be, and you'll do what you ought to do. Learn to be a person with an excellent spirit. I was in bed one morning. I was a teenager. All teenagers are in bed as long as possible. How many of you are tired? Yeah. These weeks, where you at, don't they? It's all right, you'll go home Saturday, you'll sleep it off, you'll be all right. Friday, Saturday, whenever, you, you'll sleep it off, you'll be all right. I'm in bed and my dad comes in one morning to wake me up. He said, I got something for you. I thought he had money or something really good, you know. He walked over to the mirror and he stuck a sticker on my mirror, turned around and walked out. I fell out of bed, wiped the boogers out of my eyes, Tried to get awake, stumbled over to the dresser, looked at the mirror. And on that mirror, he had put a one word sticker. <laughs> I can see it now. It's just one word, that's all it was. It just said attitude. I hated that sticker. It's the first thing I saw every morning when I got out of bed. I tried to get it off. I don't know what kind of super glue adhesive he put on the back of that thing, but it never came off there. Attitude. And I tell you, now at this juncture in my life, I'm starting to realize something. I'm starting to realize the wisdom in that. Because look, please, the first thing you got to get in check, son, is your attitude. The, the, the first thing you better get reeled in in a hurry, young lady, is your attitude. Because the Bible says in another proverb that if you don't have rule over your own spirit, you're like a city that is without walls and broken down. And I want you to know, if you don't learn what it means now to have an excellent spirit, it's very doubtful if later in life you'll figure it out. This is your moment. And you will never have it again. And we've dealt with lots of negatives. And we're dealing with all these strongholds and the things that need to be rooted out. But I'm on the other side right now, on the positive side. What needs to go in? See, the Christian life is not just about what you take out of it. It's about what you put into it. And I tell you today, you better learn to put into your life an excellent spirit. I'd like you to bow your head and close your eyes with me and sit very quiet for just a moment. As still as you can. I'm going to give a little different kind of invitation this morning. And in a moment, we'll be on our way to lunch and then the rest of the day's activities, but I don't want to miss this moment. I'm not judging you. I don't even know you. But I'm going to ask you, would you judge yourself? I want to speak to the young men first. Fellas, you're supposed to lead. Stop hiding. How many young men in the place today would say, Brother Scott, my spirit my spirit hadn't been what it ought to be. My attitude hadn't been what it ought to be. I've been more dominated by fleshly things in my spirit than I have spiritual things, and I want that to change. Pray for me. Young men, I want you to raise your hand toward heaven right now, big and high. If you mean it, stand up where you are right now. Just stand up. Keep your head bowed for a moment in a spirit of prayer. While you're standing, tell God what you just told me. How many young ladies in the place who say, Brother Scott, I may have a lot of things right, and I may have worked on a lot of things this week, but I get it. My spirit isn't what it ought to be. And when I go home, I want to have that excellent spirit. Pray for me. I want you to raise your hand toward heaven. If you mean it, stand with the fellows right now. Just stand to your feet as a testimony. All over the building while you're standing, I want you to talk to God right now. You are standing in the presence of the King. Oh, not Belshazzar or Darius. No, no, no. The king of kings. The Lord of lords. Talk to him. He's listening. Ask Jesus to rule your spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to reign over your attitude. Would you look at me, please? I didn't say amen because we're not done praying. I don't want this to be silly, funny, or goofy. If you're going to be, I'd rather you sit down and not do it. I'm going to ask every young man that's standing in a moment to find another young man and every young lady to find another young lady. Now, if the two of you want to kneel together, you can kneel. If you want to sit down together, you can sit down. If you want to stand together and pray, you can stand together and pray. But I'm going to ask everybody in the place today, To find you a prayer partner. Look, even Daniel down there in Babylon needed some young men like the Hananias, Michels, and Azariahs to encourage him. I'm going to ask you to find one other person and say to them, I want an excellent spirit. I mean, say it with your own mouth. I want an excellent spirit. And then I want the two of you to pray together. I want one of you to open the prayer and one of you close the prayer. And you know what we're going to pray for? One thing. We're going to pray that God will help every one of us go home with a different spirit. And let one thing characterize our life. An excellent spirit.